Greetings, kids, and welcome to Let Me Tell You What I Know, a podcast by The Real Nubian on Twitter, where I talk about music, politics, pop culture, and whatever the hell I want. Basically giving you my two cents that nobody asked for. Welcome to episode eight. And today is very special. It's another collaboration with a friend that I have met on Twitter, Mr. Lewis Morgan, where we fight on feminist Twitter wars. <laughs> I'm being overly dramatic. And we had a very, very productive and fun chat about music, politics, history, and feminism that I hope you enjoy. I will also shout out two small businesses today that are very near and dear to me. I have used their products myself and not sponsored, <laughs> but they deserve great recognition and I will mention their names at the end of the episode. I hope you enjoy. All right, well, here I am, all set. Okay, welcome, welcome, <laughs> Mr. Lewis Morgan. <laughs> well, thank you. It's good to be here, I suppose. What do you mean, I suppose? Of course it's good to be here. <laughs> of course it is good to be here. <laughs> it's my pleasure to have you on after all this time of us being fr- friends on Twitter. Absolutely. How have you been? Uh, I've been uh, okay considering uh you know this year is uh this year is is pretty rough i i was actually just discussing this with uh more of my friends i feel probably more more blessed than most Uh, my family has been relatively unaffected uh by the pandemic thankfully and uh you know we still have been able to stay employed and and stay as active as we can be so I, i cannot complain too much in this year of awfulness been rough for a lot of people employment illness separation and isolation so absolutely i've been pretty much in in a similar situation here because i work in healthcare and of course people who work in healthcare are going nowhere during this pandemic right the only problem is that my husband got locked for the past eight months actually this is the (laughs) ninth month he's been out yes i've I've heard that so uh, he's finally able to come and he should be here in a couple of days oh that is exciting yes but he has to quarantine for a week and then we we can we'll be able to see him so i'm excited for that (laughs) well yeah and i'm happy for you i can't i can't imagine being separated for that long yeah it's been it's been rough uh but otherwise i would not complain much because i'm a homebody so even if you tell me that you can't (laughs) you can't go out then okay (laughs) fine whatever i wasn't going out anyway Right, and I'm so, uh, I'm yeah. sort of the same way, you know. I definitely, I definitely got sick of it, but uh, you know, my school year ended it in about March, in the middle of March last year. Yes. So I kind of had a five month summer vacation, which I was uh, I was not enjoying too much by the end of it. Uh, but were you teaching online at the time? Uh, I was teaching online from March to May. We we, we did have an online classroom set up. Um, which is very different. Um, you know, I'm a band director and a theater director, and those are subjects that are very hard to translate to an, an online format. And we did the best that we could, but uh, it really turns into more of a an electronic private music lesson rather than <laughs> a full, you know, performing ensemble. So 
Uh, I mean, it just changes the nature of the whole thing, which is, it, it is what it is and whatever we have to do to stay safe. But I am definitely looking forward to the time when we are back to normal, as I'm sure everyone is. We all are. And I have to introduce the audience to what you do. You're a music teacher and um, what, what do you call it? the grandmaster of the band <laughs> I in my head every time uh, of course Lewis graced us on Twitter with acapella performances during the first few months of the pandemic we missed them by the way these acapella performances <laughs> and we want them to come back I'm sure everybody wants them to come back sure but every time I remember I, I watched one I remembered <laughs> Because here's here's my life. My life is like references to cartoons right now. And my daughter is obsessed with Daniel Tiger. And every time you posted a video, what came to my mind was Stan the Music Man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, pretty good people, everybody on that cast of Daniel Tiger. And we stand Mr. Rogers in this house. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, my, my son used to watch Daniel Tiger and... Uh... It was a great show, good, wholesome educational show, so I definitely uh, appreciate the reference. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, going back to talking about the, the pandemic and this quarantine period of time, uh, those videos were things that I used to make just for, just for my students, you know, using this app called Acapella um, to record myself uh, doing various instrumental and vocal things. Uh, make uh, kind of educational tracks for my students and videos that they could watch and play along to while they were practicing at home and doing that when we went to an online format it became even more necessary and then I basically thought you know I'm just going to start trying to do these a little bit more seriously and post them online basically out of them and trying yeah. to uh, a, a lot know, of just trying to fill up the time boredom. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when you say that uh, that you miss them, you know, I kind I kind of miss them too. And then I'm finding that, you know, obviously, you know, I'm back in school now, and we are, we've been going for a full semester, you know, with masks and social distancing, and our schools have been able to remain open in my little town. But uh, yeah, now that I have full work days, I don't have time to make videos anymore. That's and, sad. Uh, it, it it is kind of a bummer. <laughs> for I, you us, know, I, for us, it's a bummer for us. Sure, but definitely a good thing for you to be back to work like semi-normally and your students and everything so i'm not Ab gonna be absolutely here. <laughs> but you know it's funny i didn't know there was an app that do that uh because i used to watch uh acapella videos on youtube mm -hmm. and person acapella and in my mind i was thinking of oh my god the amount of editing a person has to do these videos together and wow app like you can think about anything now like there's an app for that uh, absolutely yeah it's a it's a very cool it's a very cool program very easy to use it's as simple as you know you record a video and then it plays that video back for you while you record over another one it and it's uh yeah really simple and it's been a very big help when i'm you know just trying to teach my students and just giving them something to sing and play along with and then fun to make a for uh, you know just for entertainment purposes I actually did you know I say I don't have time but I was able to find this time recently to make another one so I will be posting it soon just to uh, I, I'll be I don't know give that. a bit of an, an advertisement you know Christmas is coming up and so all my bands are 
me for their Christmas performance, and I was like, yeah, I've got a little bit of time to uh, to do Christmas songs, so I uh, an hour to get that done. But that's it's, great. Uh... Sam, the music man. What's your favorite <laughs> instrument? <laughs> I'm oh, gonna keep man. saying that until you get bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I might change my Twitter name if, uh, if that sticks. I uh... okay, that would be great. I have a hard time answering this question because I like uh, I like playing a bunch of them. Uh, I guess uh, I'll answer with my first instrument was piano. My parents made me take piano lessons when I was uh, in kindergarten or first grade. I don't remember okay. when they started exactly. Uh, joke with them because, you know, at first I definitely didn't want to go. It was always like a weekly thing that pulled me away from watching cartoons or something. Definitely, you know, became a love and a passion of mine that in my, you know, my entire life, basically. And, we thank uh, the Morgans for that, yes. <laughs> yes, my, mom and dad knew best. I should not have argued with them. Listen to your yeah. parents, any kids that are listening. I'm good. What else did I want to ask about? Um, I actually had a list of questions, and talking about the music took me a bit far. So now I'm thinking of other questions and losing my train of thought. <laughs> sure, hey, you know, because, that's fine. Because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get that. The other day, I, was, I, I seriously walked from one classroom to another with a specific purpose in mind. And I walked into that classroom and I looked at the teacher right in the face and I was just like, I have no idea why I'm in this room right now. <laughs> and this happened a couple of weeks ago and we still laugh about it because I still don't remember why I went in that room. For whatever I needed, apparently it got resolved, but I still don't the, know. The universe just solved the problem. It, yeah. it did. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and uh, do you have a favorite artist or a favorite, let, let's be broad in the beginning and say, do you have a favorite genre of music? Oh, uh, these are tough questions. I kind of wish you'd given me, uh, <laughs> given me ahead of time so I could no. think if, if yeah, I that, am. That's, that's the point of the surprise, to put you on the spot <laughs> and make you uncomfortable and well. you never record with me again. <laughs> I have no problem with it. You're just you're just making me think, and it's hard to pick a favorite favorite. I will say that if I am in the car, to music, I am either listening to cool romantic period music, so that could be like Mozart, Beethoven, Shostakovich, like just some great orchestral 1700 to 1900. It's kind of like the the age of music. I mean, that's a, a pretty wide. Uh, it's an age of music where, where music was for music's sake, I guess, just to... Yeah, it, 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 we can say it was like a renaissance for music uh, oh, yeah. at that period oh, yeah. of time, yes. Yes, and you know, that's when musicians were pushing the envelope for what orchestra, orchestras can do and what music itself could do, and um, it's just fantastic. And then moving past that, I kind of feel like the soundtracks are mention of that so I listen to that a lot just scores from lots of movies uh, definitely the cinematic universe has some great scores you know yes. all the classics like John Williams Danny Elfman uh, just listen to those those guys on repeat and to get a little bit less cultured 90s <laughs> rap definitely Buster Rhymes probably pro Probably Busta Rhymes is like my no, number Busta, one guy. Busta Rhymes was really fun. I, I got 
listening to him in the early 2000s when I just finished college and was like bored and right uh, a lot of TV stations um, MTV etc would play his his rap songs at that time it was he was he's fun yeah he is more than anything it's just a fun funny you mentioned movie scores because this is not a common answer for people to say when you ask them what's your like favorite genre of music right so that's that's interesting I I am a big fan actually of movie scores and my absolute favorite movie score was the Lord of the Rings trilogy I had oh absolutely yeah I had the CDs back back in the day <laughs> yeah because again I'm old and we're we're from the time where people used to cassette tapes and, and then graduated to CDs and that's right that anymore. I, I know <laughs> and I I have this giant book of CDs still at my house no one will like I can't sell them you know they're they're yeah. basically worthless they're just going nowhere and collecting dust I, right. I get it and then we had the opportunity to download music from like these software programs in the early 2000s where you can oh. probably oh, yeah. pirate music I should yeah. be saying this or I might go to, <laughs> go to jail right I wonder but, what's up with Napster right now Is that the... I don't know I, I, I think the guy the guy who, who created it sold it I don't know who he sold it to whom I really don't know anything about. It. I haven't used Napster actually. I we we used um, stuff like LimeWire and whatever. I remember Napster, that. Napster, yeah. yeah. Napster was out by the time I got into downloading stuff. And the only thing I know about Napster is like the guy who created it was played by Justin Timberlake in the Social Network. Movie. Oh right. <laughs> yeah, I think he was telling Zuckerberg about not selling his idea or whatever. Sure. He, he regretted selling Napster and he was telling him about the story of the guy who created Victoria's Secret I think started the lingerie shop for his wife and her friends and then decided to sell it and it skyrocketed afterwards and the guy my memory serves me right actually got so depressed because he, he, when he went bankrupt while the company uh, and the new owners were exploding financially and I think he I, have not, I did not know that story that is wild yeah it, it was a wild end uh, but we'll, we'll have to confirm with google but this is what i remember from the story that was told in the movie yeah we're talking about soundtracks <laughs> we, I, <laughs> we I mean oh here we are at victoria's secret yeah. soundtrack that uh fan of um it's whatever ramen jawadi would would produce first time i i it was uh, introduced to his music was the soundtrack of the tv show uh, person of interest. Then, I didn't know he. I don't know that show, and I didn't know he did that one. It is. It is quite the great show, actually, about um, artificial intelligence and um, softwares that spies on people. They had a story and a great plot, and it had Taraji P Henson before she completely blew up on Empire. I think she okay. left the show to act on Empire. And is and that the show with Jim Caviezel? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I've I'm definitely heard of it, of but I haven't watched Caviezel. it. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Jim Caviezel per se, but the show was great. Sure. The show was top notch. Well, Highly well. recommend. Nine out of ten. <laughs> I, I, I will check it out. I'm, um, yeah. I'm definitely at a. It's definitely a period of time where I'm always looking for new shows because you get through them so quickly now. No, it's quite it's quite interesting. And uh, so he was he was the person who composed the intro music. Yeah. And he also composed uh, the soundtrack of Pacific Rim. Oh, okay. Every, yeah, you guys know my obsession with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, 
giant robots and monsters. It's just uh, yeah, like literally the the improved version of my childhood. <laughs> yes, you can't go wrong with that movie. Yeah, I, I was telling um, I dream of Ninja because she she and Darren were talking about the anime and stuff. And yes. Like, Funny how I don't think about anime now when I actually grew up on it because it was the only sort of cartoons we had when we were younger. Oh sure, sure. Yeah, I uh, I was a I was a huge anime fan. I actually like try to catch it, but there was a there was a point in my life. Um, I kind of remember it specifically where like I kind of had a falling out with anime. Just, just growing up watching Dragon Ball Z as a kid in the nineties. Yeah, and, that was very popular. And I was just like, I loved the show, but I hated how much a, of a waste of time it was. Because I would look forward to episodes, and there would be these like weeks of episodes where nothing would happen, and yeah. and like just like uh, watch them charge up for like thirty minutes, and then they'd be like, <laughs> "Okay, see you next time," and I'd be like, "I really want to get to it." And then they would yeah, have these no. moments that were so um, that were so great, like just the moments that were incredible, and it kept you coming back for more, but. The show ended, and I watched the series finale of Dragon Ball Z. And when I when it finished, and it ended in such a like pathetic way. I don't know if you know the ending of Dragon Ball Z, no. but it was just it, it was just it was very disappointing. And I don't remember how old I was, but I just kind of had this like I can't believe I wasted my time on this show. <laughs> like. Yeah. For the two seconds of awesomeness that I saw in the like several years, I watched it, and then I kind of like just left anime for a while. <laughs> that was, that that's, was a... that's strange because that show is very popular, and this is literally the first semi-negative review. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I hear of it. I remember it fondly as just like all the cool things that happened, but it it was just so. I actually read a thing about why it took so long uh, to to make. They would stretch out episodes because they were trying to wait for the actual manga to come out. Okay. So they were waiting for their material before they could like keep making uh, the show. So they like would just drag out episodes by having nothing happen. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I I love it. I want to check out Dragon Ball Super. I know that that came out and I haven't got a chance to really because i heard that they updated it and did some really cool things and and stuff but uh look back at my 90s anime stuff i was just like man that show took away so many hours <laughs> yeah there was a couple of shows during the 90s where they had the same problem like here here in the middle east there there's a a very popular tv show uh sorry an anime basically about football my age or like a bit younger now jokes about how you spend like three episodes watching watching them kick the ball and then another three episodes watching the ball go into the net <laughs> into the <goal>. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a common theme in anime back in the day it, it must have been I, I will forget there was a, a moment in Dragon Ball Z where Frieza goes to destroy Namek and he shoots a beam into the core of the planet and the planet destabilizes but it doesn't get destroyed and he says alright well I didn't use enough power uh, I estimate that this planet's gonna blow up in five minutes <laughs> and that was like a ten hour battle 
during these five minutes. And I was like, this is the only show in history where time moves slower than regular time. <laughs> That's not a thing in television. You usually jump ahead, flash forward to like... something. But yeah, he said five minutes and it was the longest five minutes of any life. television show. <laughs> it was so annoying. Oh my God. But uh, taking us back to uh, Jawadi, we, we derailed from, but that was fun. <laughs> uh, my my first experience with him was the Iron Man soundtrack, the very first cinematic universe movie, yes, uh, which I yeah. said, you know, I, I love that soundtrack, uh, or I love like basically all the soundtracks from from those films. Yes, and yes. Uh, it, that that was the first time I, I heard his name, and uh, it's really interesting because he wrote the music for Iron Man, and I, I really liked that score. But then I guess they didn't ask him back because he wasn't in Iron Man or Iron Man 2. Yes. They, they got a different guy. Uh, also does the theme for Game of Thrones, which is like, yep. um, I don't know, in my Epic. opinion, one of the Epic. greatest themes, yes. you know, to get you uh, yeah. fired up for a it show. It gets you I hyped, mean, yeah. Just in streaming services, they, they started adding this skip the intro uh, option, which is very helpful when you're binge watching something. And uh, you just can't skip the Game of Thrones intro. No, no, you don't. And, not, and that is all. That intro, that intro is so great. The intro is for the history books. Yeah. Because not just the music, but the composition of the intro itself and the intricate artwork. And oh yeah, that yeah that title music, sequence yeah. is very cool. Yes. And um, and as you're watching the show, like I I started noticing and paying attention that that little map would change. Yes. Uh, to signify, yeah. you know, the areas that were important to that episode or that series of episodes, and I was just like, a lot of, uh, a lot of thought went into this, and I really liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you'd almost wish they put the same effort into the ending as they put. In the intro. <laughs> well said. If, if, uh, what was yeah. that last season? Was it season six? I think it was six. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If season yeah. six was as thought out as that introduction, man, that would have. Yes, uh, is I I I didn't pay attention much to season six. I skimmed through it because I was just trying to figure out what happened. Yeah. But is what well, is it true that there was a Starbucks cup in a scene? Like, you know, actually, people actually see that, or was it just a rumor? I only saw it on um, on videos online. I I didn't get a chance to see it. I didn't see it on the actual podcast on on HBO. So I I cannot confirm. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I saw several yeah. videos though, but you know, I can't just be like, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's worth going back to. Uh, I have all the time in the world to go back and do <laughs> Well, if you, yes, so, well, if you have HBO, then I will definitely suggest watching Lovecraft Country. Um, uh, I'm planning to, I'm planning to. Yes, I just definitely. finished that a, a couple of weeks ago, and that series is incredible. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. I, I got the book and I'm planning to actually, hopefully before, before the end of the year, in the coming few weeks, I wanted to read the book and then uh, watch the TV show. Sure. I'm, I'm trying to learn to be a cultured person and read the book before watching, <laughs> before watching the, hey, the TV or good. movie, whatever. I have so, so many books that I have bought with the intention of reading that I just oh my God. have not I, gotten to. And I they just pile up because I'm just like, ooh, yes, I'm going to read this. Yeah. And, and no, I'm not. And I just need to yeah. carve out some time and just, you know, 
get into reading because I should. Yes, I I started doing that recently because I I was a bookworm when I was younger,、mm-hmm. but then in the past, say the past few week few years, but then I would be lying. <laughs> it's been it's been a while. It can get away from、Probably. you, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been ten ten twelve years that I haven't sat decently and and read books. And then people post these、um, it's online like the the Goodreads、uh, challenge or whatever or Reddit. They have a page called the Fifty Two,、uh, and then you got these、uh, YouTubers who do book channels. I was like, I read one hundred books this year. It's like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> How? <laughs> that I mean, that is impressive. I don't think I'll ever、yes. get up to that level. No, I don't think so. I don't have the time or the energy. But it, I would assume that some of them, this is their job. That they're bloggers who just do book podcasts or book reviews or whatever, and、yeah. they have the time to do that. And they would be very lucky. Like, how did you get that job? I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that sounds great. And it's,、yeah. and it really isn't like I don't have time. I mean, I work, and I go home. I spend time with my family, and we will watch Netflix, and we will watch Hulu, and we will, and we will watch television. And in, in some of that television time, I should say,、yes. "Okay, I'm going to read a book right now." Reading, but I'm tweeting. I'm reading, but I'm watching Netflix. <laughs> exactly. It's just、uh, yeah. you know, and and you know, before the pandemic, there are all sorts of things. You know, going to movies, going bowling, you know. Mini golf,、yeah. you know, escape rooms. Which escape rooms? I should, I should do that again because COVID friendly.、Oh, small groups and that's it. Yeah. yeah. So, good. But、okay. yeah,、uh, there, there are definitely places in my life where I can make time to read more books. Same. You, you may have inspired me. I might get started. <laughs> good. I might.、Um, <laughs> if if you get your act together, I might post you on the other podcast. Uh, time for shameless self promotion as usual. Oh, yes. <laughs> that would be fun.、Uh, <laughs> if, if we do like plan a book and then talk about it together, that would be nice as well. It, that would be cool. Yes. So、um, the next question I wanted to ask you because we met on feminist Twitter. Yes. <laughs> the infamous feminist Twitter. Feminist Twitter. How did you become such a feminist? Okay. My、um, experience basically started 2015, I think, as the the American presidential election was, or campaigns were going on.、And、myself,、uh, a big fan of Bernie Sanders、uh, at the time,、okay. which、uh, yes. I feel like now I'm ashamed to say, but it's just like there are a lot of Bernie fans online who I like do not want to be associated with. Yeah, completely understand because I was a Bernie fan too back in two thousand and fifteen. Yeah, and like I I get that Hillary is iffy, but fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But Bernie was very impressive that year. I, and I、impressive. I thought so as well. And and the, I think what really won me about Bernie, like he was saying all these great things that I really agreed with, and then、uh, he posted some video that was like Bernie's been saying this stuff. All the time, and it was just like some video from him in like the '90s on the Senate floor or something, just giving the same kinds of speeches. And I was like, "This is the consistency that I want in a politician." Like, I, I,、yeah. his message is nothing new. He is,、um, 
and, and he's passionate for for the things that I believe will actually help people. So I got on Twitter to to support him politically and to see what was going on. Obviously, you know, Donald Trump was on Twitter and was, you know, still is. But, uh, yes, <laughs> you know, it was a it was a good way to engage, uh, engage in, in the, the political climate. And yeah. and I would say I, was, I would probably engage in a few arguments with uh, with uh, you know Trump supporters and and stuff and it never it just it it, it just was what it was just just arguments yeah. people saying things that I disagreed with and and me arguing the points and, and it, it was what it was and eventually start to I started to notice this. Uh, wave of misogyny that really doesn't resonate with me I suppose and and just uh, seeing seeing accounts being very very hateful and very sexist and and uh, seemingly for for no reason so yeah. I, I started ar- arguing with whatever I yeah. I thought was uh, or wrong or whatever and end up you know meeting of great accounts uh, like yourself and I don't know uh, Spiffy Spider Cat uh, <laughs> I Dream of Ninja Emraz uh, yes. Michelle Guido you know all, all of these accounts that are just saying stop treating us like shit curse on here is, is that yeah that's fine absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, well, I mean I'm you know I'm in school right now so I'm like uh you know, in my office, kind of in the mode of, oh, wow. wait, okay. am I allowed to curse? But, um, <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, when I look at feminist accounts and I look at feminism on Twitter, see much of the arguments about the illegal aspects of feminism that need to be fought for, stuff like the wage gap and, yes. um, and the pink tax. You know, I don't see a lot of arguments about that. I see a lot of arguments oh. that are just like, hey, what if you stop calling us sluts and and you know <laughs> men are like well then stop being sluts and i'm like hey this is not an unreasonable thing Request. you know just yeah. like it's just people talking about respect and and so when uh, one of my favorite games to play online is when anybody accuses me and i say accuse because they use it as a negative when anyone accuses mm-hmm. me of being a feminist i'm like Please tell me what I said that you believe is feminism. Because I really think the bar of feminism should be not, yeah, basic respect. Just not insulting women just because they're women. Or, you know, just, I guess that's the point. And so, yes. um, I just, uh, I see that online. And, yeah. you know, and I comment on, on everything that I, I think is wrong, which, you know, the, the homophobia and the racism and anti, anti-Semitism, you know, that's just, yeah. it's all wrong. But I do feel like I observe blatant misogyny and sexism more fine than um, anything Real else. Yeah. It was interesting to me because I, I grew up in the Middle East which is Mm -hmm. misogyny central (laughs) yeah it's unfortunate and people are starting to think of it as feminism in the middle east now is basically feminism in the in the west in the 50s and 60s sure sure where we're we're still talking about things that 
assume that the West solved years ago. Right. However, the Twitter experience shocked me because in my mind, uh, Western people or Western men have moved away from this. And it seems like that we face here, of course, there are problems that we face here, like FGM or child marriage or whatever are quite right. ex- extremely rare or non-present in, in the West. Yes. However, the, the, what you've described as misogyny and I'm still fighting for basic respect is sting to say the <laughs> least and, yeah. and a bit disappointing that women like Michelle or Ambrose or whatever are still talking about these things where we should have graduated to talking about the wage gap or having a uh, paid maternity leave or things that should be discussed let's say on the floor of congress right now definitely yeah that and i I completely agree i know those are those are the actual tangible issues that need uh policy reform and they and they need legislation uh but yeah like you said we're talking about basic respect and um yeah i find with these kinds of things it's it's harder to fight and it's harder to show people that there is injustice or, or there is a problem because it's not as tangible as, like you said, FGM or, or child marriage. You know, those are things where you can just easily go, that is wrong. Let's stop it. And I find that I have this conversation in uh, regarding racism all the time. You know, when it's actually Jim Crow laws and segregation, it's very easy for people to say, well, I'm against that. But when it's just simply about um microaggressions yeah yeah yeah, my yeah microaggressions uh, yeah it's a solid example and uh you know i i saw that you have been engaging with this uh this particular account about racism very recently and she is saying some ridiculous (laughs) things And, and, and you and it's it's harder to say no that you are being racist by pretending that the word colored is not offensive uh, yes, you, you yes. are being racist by equating wearing a mask during a pandemic to slavery you are mm-hmm. being racist and but those yes. are the things that it's like well i'm not being racist because i'm not part of the clan and it's very like there are more nuanced things that we need to discuss that are yes. actually part of the problem and yes all of these yeah. misogynistic tweets and these you know quote unquote jokes uh, about women, or the um, the articles that talk about Kamala Harris's outfit rather than her policies. Yes, you know, those are the the little things that people who are sensitive to the matter understand, and those who try to be willfully ignorant and continue doing what they want to do, they they just try to yeah. ignore it and say it's not a real example of uh, of, of discrimination or an injustice that we need to talk about that people who are sensitive to these things try to uh, speak out against microaggressions in feminism or or racism and their side downplays it and I don't understand the point of downplaying someone's discomfort like if I'm speaking to yeah if I'm speaking (laughs) the point if I'm Let's say, for example, I grew up here, uh, I learned English from TV. I would say some things sometimes. Uh, I say something about a a Jewish person or a Native American person or a black person, and I'm not a black American. So I don't get a pass to say 
ignorant things or things that are um, exclusive for Black Americans, for example. Right, right. And someone comes and ed- educates me and tells me what you have said was not racist per se, but insensitive or ignorant or whatever. I don't find uh, the courage inside myself to tell them, oh, you're just being so sensitive. What's the what's the issue here? I said what I said. No, you have respect. Or another example is we're attributed to the LGBT community before and we used to think it's fine. And they come and tell us that it's unacceptable to say this X, X Y, and Z. I don't have it in me to tell them that they're being overly sensitive and I can say whatever I want. It makes that person uncomfortable and upset and hurt and you wouldn't want to do that to anybody so why would you argue that someone is being overly sensitive and it doesn't add anything to your life that you as a white person wants to say want to say the n-word or a non-lgbt person wants to say the f-word or whatever yeah. I, it Ab- doesn't compute in my mind <laughs> absolutely and I, I completely agree I've, I've made that argument several times you're reminding me of a uh, a video i just saw recently and it was just a woman talking Uh, and it was uh, about the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, saying how she realized that that uh, the Jewish community was saying, "Hey, uh, now that RBG has passed, don't um, use phrases like rest in peace because yes. those are very Christian-centered and uh, don't align uh, with her religious views." And she was saying True. that, um, just like you were saying, she thought, "Well, I didn't realize that those were." Christian-centered, and I wasn't saying that to be offensive, but now that you have informed me, now that the Jewish community has spoken out and said, this is what this means, and it does not work with discussing this woman and her memory, you just step back and say, I didn't know that. I will use phrases that are appropriate, because I want to respect the woman and the culture and absolutely nothing to change my behavior in that way. It, it costs nothing to not be offensive. Absolutely yeah. nothing. And it also reminds me of, you know, there's always a discussion um, with transgenderism. Elliot Page just made the announcement um, yes, that he yeah. is now Elliot that Page. Was, that was crazy. And yes. I, I actually um, relatively stayed out of it uh, I, because I didn't want to say anything that anyone else was already saying, but it costs absolutely nothing. Again, this He is now Elliot Page. All right. He's Elliot Page. Yep. I still enjoy Umbrella Academy as much as yes. I did. I I didn't used to talk about Elliot Page much before this. I will not continue to talk <laughs> about him more now. It's just an actor who has nothing to do with me, has 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 come out with their identity and that I support it. Like, I, I suppose that I do support it, but at the end, my support is just end up against people who have to be stubborn about pronouns and names and and terms that just don't affect them. What what he what he did has nothing to do with their life. It has nothing to do with my life. And I understand it has a lot to do with the uh, with the transgender community and their lives so that they can feel more support. And so I support them and just by up to the people who act like they have to be horrible about this particular subject. This particular situation was was specific because it's it, uh, from two groups. One group just being 
nosy busybodies mm-hmm. like the Steven Crowder video and uh, other commentators who have nothing to do with the LGBT community. They don't even support the LGBT community or say that they they stand with, with lesbians who were very offended by what happened because they have X, Y, and Z ideas in their minds. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But just, just being offensive. And the other group was transphobic Yes, yeah, the LGB. Who were, who were pers- yeah, the LGB alliance who, who were personally offended by this. And it was so... <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, because Tom, uh, it's like reports and whatever and studies, God knows, they don't relate to the problem. Uh, someone posted that, yeah, it was uh, Manhood. I love that account. Yes. He posted that Elliot Page is nobody's political message and we should actually take this statement to heart because this is a person who have who they have their own feelings and their own thoughts and they're doing what makes them comfortable and being a celebrity doesn't mean that we we get to impose our political message on them absolutely need to mind their business (laughs) Uh, i i agree and there there's a thing that we have about celebrities and uh definitely the United States Role and probably yeah. all over the world where you know, there, there is there is nothing that makes these people better than us in any way yeah. they are they are fantastically talented in their field and we enjoy their content and then we we think that that gives us access to their lives and their feelings true and yes. it is um it's used in all sorts of ways it's been very political i feel like it's been very political lately it probably has been for for all time but you know someone comes out and they say something and you know half of the people are like well this celebrity believes this so i'm 100 on board and the other half say well they're just a celebrity so i don't have to listen to them and really when a celebrity comes out and says something political we are free to agree or disagree with them like we would anyone else and their celebrity status doesn't give them any more or any less credibility um Mm -hmm. you know and and it's always you know people who i i lewis the teacher you know or or you the healthcare worker or you know a random plumber or or whatever you know all have different jobs that make us credible to give our opinions on whatever or not credible to give an opinion on whatever and uh that just we, we tend to put these celebrities on these weird pedestals uh, to to really say that their message means more or or less than than it does and with something like some sort of homosexual or trans trans uh, transgender identity uh, that always just like explodes a lot more than it should and i happen to remember uh and when elliot said uh See, now, now this is weird because I'm going to talk about him in the past and I'm trying to say everything yes. correctly. But when, when yeah. he said that he was a lesbian, I, I think I was in high school. That, that was, I think, uh, just after the, the Juno movie. Yes. Probably. Yeah. And, and I, I remember my, my teenage boy friends, all, there, was this, there was this thing going around in high school where everyone was like that, that Juno was a lesbian is like shh, be, be, because he was so hot and and i remember <laughs> i remember thinking gonna meet them yeah why i was like i don't have a shot with juno like what why are we acting like we have a we have a chance 
Like, why are we acting like this This affects our lives in any way? Exactly. stranger is no longer straight. <laughs> we, we, we're going to go about our lives and keep dating the girls in our school. Like, you guys can yeah. can quit with this, uh, this nonsense. Uh, and, and I kind of feel the same way, you know? It's, yeah, it, it reminds me of these weird... Um... A, a certain actor or considered the old term heartthrob or whatever mm-hmm. and they announce their engagement or their they're dating somebody and that somebody would get hate mail from it, the fans <laughs> right right yeah. like you like, had a shot with chris hemsworth you never had a shot with chris chris hemsworth and now that you're sending crazy mail to his significant other you have lowered <laughs> your chance so much more exactly that's it's, funny yeah. but yeah celebrity celebrity role models I remember right. thinking about this because I I was the type of person who would get upset when celebrities do great things uh, because like they're like a role model blah blah and I get really upset and then um, I'll do sometimes I would like call out influencers and stuff like that because let's be real young fans especially in this climate where like youtube and tiktok and stuff like that and, and the fans are like 12 like someone like tana mojo who's a bowl of problems and her uh, her fans are like 10 11 12 year olds right and uh, in my mind i would say like these people are horrible and they should be role models and stuff like that and they actually never signed up to be role models um they wanted to be just influencers and do dumb, some dumb shit on online yeah, very true and, and yeah and then it clicked in my mind when i don't know if you know this or not but she had she she's really a problematic influencer and she decided to heard of the vidcon um they do in la for the youtube influencers mm-hmm. and she had a falling out with the vidcon vidcon organizer so she decided to make her own it was like across the street from VidCon at the same time. She was just trying to spite them. Right. It was po- poorly organized, and her young fans were standing in lines in the heat. Some of them got heat stroke. Some of them were taken to the hospital. It was a mess. They paid a lot of money and didn't get their money's worth. So it was a disaster. It was a very high-profile disaster. I think it was two years ago. Wow. It clicked in my head when this incident happened because they were filming the kids in line. And their parents took them to that place. <laughs> and I was thinking, what happened to, to your brain that you decided to allow your child to support this person? Like, I mean, if you want, now I want my kid to, and my kid at the time was two, so I didn't give care much about what she was watching because she was like watching cartoon channels all the time. Right. But now I'm starting to pay attention to what she watches. How can you allow your child? to watch this person like if any parent of a sad watch her <laughs> videos they wouldn't allow their teenagers to support her and there were like hundreds and thousands of kids <laughs> in that with, convention with their parents like, oh my god what is going on i mean yeah that is a yeah. that's a scary thing um yes and then another another influencer i have to rant about influencers jake paul the one who had a boxing match recently that is that is one that i do know i haven't seen his stuff late wait yeah. i think i'm thinking no, of logan terrible. paul both of the logan, pauls have been logan problematic other brothers yes 
Logan, I think he's the older brother, and he's been taking steps to get better. Okay. But Jake is still a disaster. <laughs> and a couple of you, no, terrible. He's getting worse actually. That's I mean. And the fun, yeah. The 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 other like quote unquote funny thing is that a couple of years ago his his address was leaked online. Just when a celebrity's uh, address is leaked, the fans would come and troll the place or like right. crash the place. Who was crashing the place? Kids. Their parents drove them there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? I can't, I can't even imagine if my son asked was, me if I could drive him to some YouTuber's house. Exactly. It's like, sit your ass down. I know. I would just, I would just laugh at him. <laughs> yeah. And like, there was a group of boys that wouldn't be older than 10. And they were driven chaperoned by one of the kids' mothers, and she was arguing with security that they were like telling her this is inappropriate. That yeah, but these kids—they're the ones who. It, she was a Karen, like Karen trademark. Uh-huh. And she was like complaining about security and not allowing her to go in the place. It's like this is not Disneyland. <laughs> this is a man's house, lady. What exactly? I, that is. <laughs> that oh was man, weird. that was bizarre. This pushed me to shift my perspective a little bit. I, I would still like rant about influencers and celebrities doing wrong and appropriate things. But then I would remember how we were so hard on Miley Cyrus when she started her rebellion phase. Oh, that is very true. Common thing. The perfect Disney princess has like some time to lose her mind for a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's common with the Disney child stars. It, it is. And yeah, and, and people were so... And look at Miley Cyrus now. She's well adjusted and doing great things and oh yeah being friendly <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean yeah. and that's the thing where it's like we when we take especially these child stars and we make them into this image uh, we yes. forget that kids grow up and change and it, it uh, i remember watching the miley cyrus thing and just kind of thinking like you know i didn't really pay attention to her much but i was definitely like well and in montana anymore and yep. <laughs> and to me, you know, when you look at someone like that and then they they change or whatever, I find it very easy to say, you know, because I you know I don't I don't buy into celebrities that much, and I find it very easy to to be like, well, not the image that I endorse, so I'm no longer going to you know be a fan of this person or or whatever. Uh, I uh, yeah. I don't I don't think it's that difficult. I think. I think Bill Cosby is like the greatest example of that, you know, yes, just, yes. you know, yeah. you, you get raised on the Cosby show and Kodak commercials and Jell-O pudding commercials. And I watched his stand up in person <laughs> once and, and then he oh, was wow. great. Okay. And then, yeah, he, he came yes. to my, he came to my university uh, and, and it was, yeah, you start it, thinking it, of it's definitely, things, yes. it was definitely disappointing, you know, just to, to yes. hear about, about everything that he had done and, you know, but but it's just like, you know, I was I was able to to let go, I, I guess yeah. pretty, pretty simply. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, I think change. I I tweeted about this a few days ago, a few a few days probably last week, because there was another celebrity who was disappointing people and people were really upset. I think one someone who supported J.K. Rowling, yeah. and I remembered my R. Kelly shock because R. Kelly was my favorite artist mm, yeah 
of all time. Yeah. And, like I had cassette tapes and stuff like that. <laughs> and then in 2004, I watched an episode of The Chappelle Show where he called him out. And I went online, looked into things. And I was like, oh my God, this is horrifying. <laughs> and yeah. I, I wasn't, yeah. And back, back when he had a relationship with Aliyah, uh, with his music that much I think it was in the 90s I started listening to him in the late 90s early 2000s and I didn't know about that history and I knew about his problems after Aliyah passed away Sure. and it was like oh my god so you're one of those <laughs> bye bitch yeah, oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> and, and um, I mean the boondocks you know that show yes yeah, yeah they did yeah, a great I, episode yes. Yeah, I was so impressed. But we got the Boondocks probably here in 2007, 2008. Uh-huh. We got a chance to watch it a bit late. Yes. Sure. We did. Yeah, we don't get shows here as they air, or that wasn't our case in the past. Right. We would get right. them a couple of years down the line. Yeah. And yeah, I remember that episode. And I was very impressed. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, Huey, yeah. and and you know, Huey gives a great speech where where people are like, you know true or it's okay what r kelly did because we love his music and and like huey goes into this speech that's just like not this historical figure you know he's just a a musician and yes want to help r kelly get some counseling for r kelly like stop (laughs) trying to you absolve him of these things that he's done you know he's there is some (laughs) these are some terrible things that we should you know Either needs to be punished or rehabilitated, but to to say, yeah, but he needs he needs to be held accountable regardless of how the accountability goes. Exactly, jail therapy, whatever, both hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually looking at Google, and the Boondocks aired in 2005. Uh-huh. and we are yeah, the R. Kelly documentary came out into it was 2019, right when he went yeah. to jail. It's like 14 years down the line and people love the boondocks but it didn't register with so many people and he still has supporters and people who say well uh, let's put aside the people who don't believe the survivors and they actually believe him but the people who believe the survivors and still choose to support him oh that's heartbreaking that's weird i, I don't yeah. understand that and yeah. i will say you're talking about the r kelly uh, documentary i was yes. i was literally shocked when that documentary came out and people were talking about it because after the R. Kelly story broke in the early 2000s, I remember hearing about it and being like, oh, that's terrible. And then just kind of like forgetting about it. And I kind of thought that it, I thought that it was resolved. Like I thought that did or tried or or yeah, I thought that like, oh, well, he got caught, you know, sucks for him. Good luck, dude. And then, like, in 2019, <laughs> everyone's like, what? R. Kelly did this? Netflix just said that yeah, R. Kelly, blah, was... blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, we knew this. We knew this, exactly. like, 15 and... years ago. What is... Yes. <laughs> I, and it was in very my weird. Mind, yeah, in my mind, I thought, okay, he's out of my life. I completely forgot about him, but I thought, okay, he did this. There was a trial, I think, and it failed for some reason. Someone got paid. Someone didn't testify. And I thought, okay, like one of all of those cases who comes out of it. But I thought people knew what type of person he was. And and here, I'm looking again at the Chappelle show. The Chappelle show was um, 2003 to 2006. And he also had a great episode about R. Kelly and what he was doing. It was satire, of course, and it was comedic. But 
it did say something. Right. People didn't care. I, I guess not. Yeah. And it's uh, it's weird. It's and it's one of those it, it's one of those things that gets me, you know, into feminist Twitter. You know, this is this is now the discussion yeah. of rape culture. Yeah. Uh, say like you know there are all these debates on on Twitter and and all over the place where mm-hmm. rape is like in question somehow. Like, is this type of rape yes. bad or is this okay? And it's, um, you know, or is this really rape? You know, is, is did this really happen this way? And it's all this type of stuff that tries to minimize or detract from, uh, you know, rape, sexual assault, uh, statutory rape, and, yeah. and just all of these things where, you know, in my mind, it's just very clear cut it's bad offenders should be punished we should do what we can to prevent uh this from happening to other people uh but yeah it's it's just not that simple for people and people look at r kelly and they say yeah he did this but i love this jam so can i choose <laughs> yeah there should be no but here uh, this is the problem yeah it and it uh but. it's just wild it, it is yeah. you know, that people will excuse anything in the world if it makes them comfortable right so yeah i keep saying the meteor couldn't come fast enough (laughs) (laughs) but no no i I still have hope for like improvement and change so the meteor can wait for a little bit it can (laughs) we're doing all right yes we're, we're we're doing our best yes at least by talking about things and some people here and there might change their mind and improve and uh, hope for the best. <laughs> um, yeah, question. Okay. Was, um, as a, bl- <laughs> remember when we talked about naming this episode, questions to ask a black man? Yes. <laughs> and I didn't ask any single question that pertains to black men in, ge- in, in, in particular, <laughs> it's like general stuff. Right. But yeah, feel about uh, between black people in the United States and Africa, and would you consider visiting or for these DNA tests where they tell you where you came from, etc.? Would you ever consider doing that, or have you ever thought about it before? Um, I have it, and I am ashamed to say that I don't know as much as I should, especially because I know my parents have looked into this, and I don't okay. remember what theirs said. Like a long time ago, they were like, we, you know, we're, we're on Ancestry.com and we, we learned where uh, a lot of our a- ancestry is. And, and I want to say Ghana, but I I cannot say with 100% certainty what the, what the lineage said. Uh, it is, um, when I think about it, and again, you got, got a question that put me on the spot. When I think about, you know, yeah, being a black man in, in America, think they are discussed very much because obviously our our history classes and our history curriculums are very American European centric. Yeah. I think I think our ties to Africa are really important. Recently, about a year ago, a year ago from August, uh, visited the African American History Museum in uh, in Washington D.C. The, the museum. It, it was incredible. They put you in an elevator and they bring you down to like two, two, three, four uh, down in, in the uh, in the structure. 
and it starts with all of this African history that never talks about you know just just what the different the different nations of Africa the 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 different uh, the different groups and and their their structures their um, society it talks a lot about uh, the culture that happened before 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 like the slave trade basically before yes, you know they yeah. were um, you know taken to the uh, to the Americas and uh, we're looking at that exhibit just going you know we we don't talk about this at all you know we we barely talk about african history just in general and how it was a continent continent of culture before europe got involved you know it's just not yeah. really it barely exists in our mind and um yeah. so so i would say that because of that you know it does barely exist in my mind and it's something that i need to to and to and to talk about because it's it's an important part of of who we are and I actually I tweeted this uh, to someone recently who was trying to talk about you know black culture not being a thing you know because that's just what people yeah, on Twitter like to say that's a common problem and uh, you know because you know as an excuse to try to say that they want to be able to say white pride the way the way we do but oh, uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> right okay. That, and that's you know the, Keep that's trying, the, sa- okay. the same old stuff it's it's really a it's a thing that we we don't yeah. know our and where where we were where our people were taken from and what our people were like beforehand you know if you have if if you are of european descent you know you can you can trace your history you know all the way back to you know like the roman empire yeah. or something like that but yes. uh yeah. you know, we uh yeah, we don't, black we don't people have that. were were forcibly severed from their from their ancestors and their history. And yes, it's, it's criminal. It <laughs> it, it really is. There isn't much to be, yeah. There isn't much to be done about it unless someone dedicates a lot of time and effort to go back and, and try to look for where from. And it's really hard. And three that was someone like me. I I used to say that I was severed from my roots. But when I compare what happened to me. Because I'm from Sudan, and Sudan is, is an Africa. He wasn't allowed to speak it in school. He lost a lot of it. He couldn't sure. teach us the language. A purely African country, and we can actually trace our ancestors back to thousand years. But then hmm. it was completely Arab washed, and we lost a lot of our languages. We lost a lot of our customs. But we still have a chance to regain all of that. Like my father still knows our our tribe's language, and it's not Arabic now my grandparents both passed away they used to speak it fluently and and some of them some people in our village learned arabic when they went to school so they were like six or seven and before that they spoke our tribe's language it's a chance to preserve our heritage and go back to our villages and know our ancestors and, and stuff like that and while people in in the americas north south american caribbean whatever it's really really hard for them to get back to these roots and know the languages of the, of their ancestors it's really hard um, oh yeah i feel i feel horrible about it so i feel now even more horrible that i compared once upon a time my situation to their situation and it's not even in level at all no i mean it and and it's i would say there's no reason to to feel 
guilty about that. It's, it's a it's when there when you look at different situations, no no uh, minority or demographic or group have identical problems or, or issues, but there are yes. a lot of similarities. Yes. And yeah. I, I think one one big similarity, um, the the destruction of culture and the the removal uh, from the past, but also the fact that a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that destruction yes. of culture. And True. we we are experiencing in the United States a lot of pushback and a lot of um, it's a lot of animosity ju- just with the idea that we look at ourselves as a nation, we look at ourselves as a culture, and we, and we talk about the fact that uh, so we, we stole an entire, uh, an entire people from a continent and removed their history to be upset, you know, with the fact that they are, you know, back, you know, trying to pull down Confederate statues, um, you know, fighting up yes. against racism, o- only to be upset about that fact. We are not talking about, not talking about Native Americans and just yes. how this this uh, this land is basically theirs and, and we completely yes. yeah you know, we I'm not gonna say we I'm gonna say, yeah, uh, there, there the was United this States of, um, yeah, one and they lost they have to get over it uh, exactly and and or yeah. you know and the the lie that I hate the most is you know they were they were savages they were killing each other you know we brought culture. Yeah. And um, and that's just another idea but, that white European so, culture yeah. is the only yes, culture that that exists. Worthy, yeah, that that is that is yes. worth it, and uh, yeah. just something which that is, we need to discuss. Which is funny discuss. to me because time of colonization, Europeans were fighting each other. Absolutely, like they were like the European Union and one cohesive cohesive unit. <laughs> yeah, and all butterflies and rainbows. They were still warring with each other, and half of the half of the <laughs> This makes me laugh so hard because you guys colonized half the world <laughs> because you were warring with each other and trying to secure um, trading posts and uh, military posts against each other. Uh, exactly. Like Africa, yeah, Africa at one time was like a part was for the French, a part was for British people. Yep. Belgians tried to take a part of the cake, uh, Italians. Who else? Um, Spanish? The Portuguese. Yeah, no, I don't think there were Spanish in Africa, but the Portuguese, oh, I thought, I thought there were. Italians. Yeah, there was actually, but it was in, in Morocco, okay. which was considered like Arab territory and it was like payback. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have sordid history with each other, Arabs and, and Spanish people. Sure. But uh, yeah, that was mainly Brits, French, then comes the Portuguese and Italians. And uh, and Belgians and Be- Belgians, everybody thinks they're like nice, cute people, but they have a horrible history. <laughs> yeah, and and nobody talks about it. So well, we so, we don't like to talk war. about when Europeans were not doing the right thing. Yeah, when they were savages too. <laughs> <laughs> the the cultural denial, where yeah. um, we would be able to forward just as a global. Just as human beings, we'll be able to move forward if we look at this history and they let's address these things. I saw I saw this yeah. great video, a great uh, quote by Malcolm X that I posted not too long ago, where uh, some reporter asked him if uh, or do you think we're making progress in the United States? And and Malcolm X said, 
Uh, no, I will never say that we're making progress. If you stab me in the back, and you, you plunge a knife into my back six inches, and you pull it out two inches, that's not progress. If you pull out, you pull the knife out all, all right. the way, that's not progress. Progress happens when we start to heal the wound that the knife made, and they're not even going to admit that the knife is there. Yes, that's true. And I was like, that's true. I love that when quote. They, yeah, and when... I mean, and that quote was from the 60s, you know, like. Yes, and it still applies because they still deny systemic racism and police brutality and racial profiling, and they pretend like it doesn't happen. All of that. And they love to use, they love to use African immigrants as it's like a, a common thing that Candace Owen does, and I hate that woman. But she <laughs> once, once in her, I think, podcast or an interview or something, she made a mention about Nigerian Americans and how they do well in the United States and they don't face any discrimination. And how are they thriving while uh, African Americans are not thriving? And mm. it's such a stupid comparison because, like, for example, my parents my parents came to the united states in the early 80s because my father was sent on a scholarship to chicago mm -hmm. and he already came a college graduate well supported by his by his uh, country and already had a head start to someone who for example i'm not stereotyping but this is like a reality for a lot of african americans they they grow up in the projects and their schools are not well funded They're, they don't have access to health care there was a an asbestos problem in Baltimore that led to a lot of health problems for people and part of those health problems are low school performances etc yeah it's not their fault they're not bad people they don't and the, the opioid crisis as they call it was where a part of the problem was drugs flooding black neighborhoods in the United States in the 80s this is not black people's fault this is the box you put them in and then you want them to act like or have an outcome that's similar to someone who comes to the United States with a PhD degree. Right. It makes no sense. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, and, <laughs> it's, and it's just so, you know, the way you explained it is the way it's been explained over and over by multiple people yeah. until we're out of breath. Yeah. And they yes. still act like, no, that's not it. And that, no, it's just black people are lazy or, or they're just violent or they're just whatever. And it's so... There, there are so yet, many people that get yet, it, and there are so yes. many people that just refuse to see it, and it is is very frustrating. Into an institutional system of oppression, talking about an entire group of people, and using slurs. You know that that's not just oh kids will be kids. That's oh racist kids will be racist. Exactly. And, and uh, it's another. And it's another thing of, of a double standard because they make excuses for white people who do terrible things. Like, let's say the last example I can think about is like all these racist kids on TikTok. They're like teenagers in high school and they say racist things. And it's like people um, call their schools or call the colleges they're applying to. And it's like, oh my God, these kids are products of their environment. Why are you punishing them? Mm -hmm. It's like, did you award black kids the same courtesy or the same grace uh -huh. no you haven't absolutely not you did not you completely forgot that these are kids these are teenagers and they're products of their environment too have you done anything to improve their environment before you condemn them and if you decide that teenagers are worth, worthy of condemnation then this should apply all across the board well i mean but then that and white privilege does not exist <laughs> <laughs> well 
I mean, you're talking about the racist uh, teenager posts on on TikTok, which is also reminding me of. I mean, it's reminding me of the fact that uh, we we do try to forgive kids when they do things like that. Oh, they are just kids. Where yes. you know, I say with complete confidence that no, I did not dabble in racism when <laughs> I was a kid. You know. Yes, when you say, exactly. oh, they were just kids, that's, that's uh, you know, that maybe that's drinking, you know, maybe, maybe that is, you know, do, doing other things that you're not supposed to do. That's not yes. Uh, and your thing about, about white privilege that you were talking about is, uh, again, the forgiveness uh, of kids when they make mistakes and trying to make them seem younger and, and more immature. But whenever yes. a... A young black boy is killed his actions you know that made him seem more like a man how he I don't know, he was like a grown man when, when he when he attacked george zimmerman or whatever and it's like but, but he wasn't he was a teenager yes he still. he was a he was a boy and you, you'll, it's you'll, true. you'll hear that about about trayvon martin um just yeah. how uh, and just I don't know, there's just so many stories like that where where they just try to make white children seem or even even adults, you know, even Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, ju- oh just uh, I think he's 17, yes. and, and and he well he's just a kid who murdered two who people. Looks, <laughs> and they bring out his mugshot where he looks scared, and yeah. rightfully so he should be scared, but then they try to take his mugshot and for sympathy while completely disregarding the fact that he traveled across state lines with an unauthorized weapon and, and killed people he had the intention of killing people because even when they say that oh he just went there to protect property why would you protect property with a semi-automatic like ak whatever number it doesn't matter <laughs> mass murder yes, yes it exactly. is like don't so, care what the yeah what the yeah <laughs> who cares what number that was so why would he go with such a weapon across state lines if people was part of the plan? Right. He did intend that. And no matter how they frame it as self-defense, it will never be framed as self-defense. This is not your property. Nobody invited you to that city. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not at all. Yeah. This was 100% exactly. premeditated. The, the number of people who will defend him um, and I, I don't want to say this without confirmation, but I saw that he was invited to some sort of Republican function. Like, I, no, that was that was his mother actually. She was invited to speak in a function, an RNC function, and then a lot of people donated for his. I don't know if the two million dollars were were his bail or yes, or I mean, he got off the hook. I don't know what's happening with his case right now, but he got out and was celebrated, lauded by a lot of groups as like this new American hero and like are you people out of your mind <laughs> uh, it's and you know you, know, <laughs> you being my international friend here that that's very embarrassing <laughs> like no uh, it's just like it's fine <laughs> nobody should get embarrassed if anybody like all our countries suck at the moment, so it's fine. except except New Zealand and Scotland uh, you know I stand forever <laughs> I hear good things about New Zealand you know I should I yes. should visit no, or move I, yeah. like I said about you know how people are willing to mitigate and and talk about things that really should be are, are not excusable you know just yes just how we are uh 
um, discussing this this boy murdering two people is is yes. just uh, you know it, it's infuriating and how people raise money I mean, to yeah. to post yeah. his bail where you know there are there there are, are men rotting in prison for being caught with a, a tiny bag of weed and be excused especially Tolerate. in the United yes. States that like tries to talk about how we are this pinnacle of democracy and freedom yes uh that that's a... yeah it's it's uh it's this is interesting as your international friend <laughs> <laughs> because we've been hearing about this for years and people used to racial racial discrimination was happening at those times the land of what would you what do you guys say land of the, the free home of, home of the brave and home of the brave yes and the land of economic opportunities and i i do realize that of course if people uh people who migrated in the 80s and 90s had different uh different uh opportunities and had better chances to to start businesses and become rich and stuff like that and of course it's it's not going to happen during these times right now right we are just letting murderers walk free you know premeditated murder it it is yes uh, it makes no sense it's a level of injustice that really should not be treatment of native americans was happening during that time Mm -hmm. and was definitely not the land of the free and home of the brave and then when the first not the first gulf war the gulf war was like a catalyst for a lot of problems yeah but what happened during george w bush times the the 9-11 incident and how that was starting to become weird for everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that, I mean, and that's around a time when I was not really paying attention, you know, to politics and, and global global issues, you know, and then, you know, 9-11 happens, you know, that just wakes everybody up. Invading Iraq and attacking Afghanistan and stuff like that without even the United States behaved. Uh, it, was, it was like the Taliban has attacked us and uh, we're doing everything we can and then and then there was just this like shift where it's like well we're going into iraq and i'm like must have missed a step because i don't <laughs> i i don't see how yeah. wh- what does iraq have to do with with anything that we've been talking about and it, yeah. it was it was very i don't know it was very weird and you know if i had known we were going into this subject i would have looked it up because i know that with like the no, the gone. amount of casualties and you know civilian yes. deaths and whatever definitely way way outnumber the deaths that were caused by by the twin tower attack and no i i I brought it up because it's the start of the shift to how people outside the united states started looking into the united states and people started rethinking uh their conceptions and their dreams actually sure a lot of people were thinking about like moving there or getting a green card and they started changing their minds and it was it's an ongoing option uh, of yeah the, the the illusion because, is disappearing and then when when trump had, no i think when obama came to the presidency it started bringing things back sure but then but then his foreign policy and because it's the same time as the arab spring happened mm-hmm. The, the disillusionment re-happened again. Sure. And then when Trump came in, it was the end. It was over. <laughs> like the game over for a lot of people. Yeah. I... So we're, we're going to see what happens with Joe Biden. Although I'm not 
optimistic at all. Oh, I mean, because because nothing much changes if it's like a democratic president or a republican president. Sometimes it got worse with democratic presidents for the people in the Middle East, etc. Sure. But we're going to see what he does with foreign policy because actually him and Kamala Harris never spoke about foreign policy. Uh yeah, and and I don't don't know much about Obama's foreign policy and when I when I read about it and some of the things that that happened under his administration yeah like it seems like a lot of things happened that i agreed with and that that i would not support yes but yeah. Yeah. but we don't I, I, talk I am, about I was, that i was a stan <laughs> now i call him my problematic face <laughs> well yeah you know cuz the guy he's a very likable person uh, yeah but and he's very intelligent and very smart but his policies there's a lot he left a lot to be desired yes. and we don't know if he, if these was these these were his convictions or he was pressured to do well them. sure cuz you know I still don't you know, know and they don't make they don't make decisions unilaterally although i mean it definitely yes. seemed like trump did but you know they they're, they're no. th- these are all <laughs> things you know made you know made uh, decisions that are made uh, you know by people and and by you know congress and 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 uh, you know the military and whatever where yes. we uh you know we we don't even know what we don't know about what goes into these decisions yeah. but but then yes, but when you're he, talking he about still, he still remains yeah. drone strikes and stuff and and civilian ca- yes. casualties and yeah. you know again not knowing much about anything i you know, i just kind of have a why are we even over there as much as we are the type of attitude yes, with the whole thing true. like i just feel like we um and like like the the europeans that we were discussing earlier you know we are just like in all of these other places in the world just like not minding our own business mm-hmm. and uh, you know we've got we've got bases all over the place we have military uh occupations all over the place uh and we don't we don't talk about the fact that you know what what if yes. what if some what what if some foreign military base was was in Tampa Florida or or like New York or something yeah. like that like that, that would just not exactly. be that would not be a thing you know just to see yes. some military power just walking down the street <laughs> you know with you know armed mm-hmm. just kind of making sure yes. everything is is what it is like we have this yeah uh, we have this this uh presence in the world that we would not tolerate here uh, you mentioned that because i remember where where i live and mm-hmm. it's very close to the area of the gulf war and american bases started coming here uh when when i was in i think middle school or high school but the mid 90s yes i'm that old <laughs> <laughs> And I remember people started talking about the American base in town and we used to see the GIs in our malls and in our shopping centers and it was mind blowing and of course when we were kids it was like the coolest shit ever Well sure we saw GIs today <laughs> and we never thought about the magnitude of the American reach at the time Sure because you know they came in in the first Gulf War and General Schwarzkopf was a thing <laughs> and people had his posters in in their houses because of course the entire uh, area was pro uh, international forces and against Saddam Hussein sure sure and he was like public enemy number 1 and General Schwarzkopf was like a national hero for everybody 
And then we start seeing the GIs a couple of years later because the bases were established. And then now I'm starting to think people in Germany and the Philippines, and I'm not sure where else there are American bases, but these are the two I know of. These areas have had GIs in their in their countries for years and nobody bats an eyelash about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. While now you're saying that people in the United States wouldn't think about it that way, but let's let's reimagine history and say that for example the allies didn't win world war ii sure that would be the case with like german bases in the united states that in in the best case scenario not even a total occupation right right the best case scenario would be like a military yeah just just there americans don't think about that (laughs) no no we we don't and and you know and of course there there are several americans that are against it and there are some who yes. believe, you know, we are the police of the world, you know, that we have to be yes, there. Yes, the world police. And yeah. I think another phrase that I that I really don't like in our country is that, you know, we've got all these soldiers who are fighting for our freedom. And not the case at all. No, I mean our freedom our freedom needs to be fought for right here through legislation and whatever. There we're yes. our, there are no. no foreign powers who are affecting our our freedom and our Daily liberties life. you yeah. know we yes, exactly. our very first war to nation that was when we fought for our freedom from great britain yes and then yes of the wars after that had nothing to do with freedom Just, exactly the, yeah thing that happened after that doesn't it doesn't compute like why would anyone in their in 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 their right mind and of a grasp of history would say that for example the vietnam war or the Gulf War, or whatever happened afterwards in Iraq or Afghanistan, was fighting for your freedom. So, yeah, I feel like I have like a lot more to say, but unfortunately, I have a class. We have. To, I don't know if you can hear. Can you hear any of the background noise right I, now? I do. Yeah, yes. I've got. I have but it's, middle it's school. Not the recording much, so that's that's, why. Yeah, that's good. Right, yeah, right outside my office, I've got middle school, uh, middle school people. <laughs> blaring their horns and in ways that I don't think oh, wow. I taught them but uh, you know maybe it's my fault they sound like that <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I do have to run that's fine that's okay uh, it was such a pleasure talking to you today uh, I enjoyed uh, it very much maybe we can talk about more things in the future and record again that that would be nice definitely uh, thank you so much Lois it was a pleasure talking to you again and- have something sparkly for the holidays or show support for the LGBTQ community or show your LGBT pride. And the other business is the Terrence Williams designs. Well, that was the longest recording I have ever achieved on this podcast. And I am very, very, very proud of it. Now to mention the two small businesses that I wanted to talk about. Uh, The first one is Bone Leaf Skincare, a small company run by one person a great friend of mine on twitter as well and she makes handmade organic skincare products like body butters and whipped soaps and bar soaps and her designs are very special so get you some if you would like to and terence has been a long-term friend of mine even from before I lost my first account and got my second account on Twitter. He makes handmade garments, headbands, and works really, really hard on his craft. 
So if you would like to support a Black-owned business and LGBT plus owned business, check out Terrence and his dusters, dusters, caftans, headbands, and his latest release, the Black Lives Matter headbands are very cute and I'm planning to get one myself. So these are my recommendations for today. I might do this in the future if I find other small businesses that I gravitate towards or trust. Otherwise, this is my cue to get out of here. Take care of yourselves, take care of others. And since the pandemic is not over, wear a mask, wash your hands and continue social distancing. I love you all and till next time.